Hi, welcome back to the third episode of The Goodest Show. Today we're joined by Jim Martin, um, the CEO and founder of Align Digital, um, a New Zealand often-based company that focuses on conversion rate optimization. We're also joined by Franci from Goodish Digital Marketing Agency from Slovenia. Um, and I'm a community and social media SEO um, manager at Goodish. Um, and welcome. Welcome to The Goodish Show, the show on SaaS marketing, from actionable tips and tricks to insightful interviews with industry leaders. First of all, thank you, Jim, for joining us. Um, oh, thank you for coming. How are you today? Very good. It's 9 p.m. here in, in, in Auckland, but it's a really tranquil day, tranquil week, so all good over here. How about you? Yeah, good. 11 a.m. in Slovenia. <laughs> Um, so yeah, thank you for joining us uh, today. We were going to talk about conversion rate optimization, which is something that you've been really focusing on for the past three years now, right? Um, yes, 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 three years. Amazing. So yeah, we we'd love to just hear about your journey first. How did you open up your company? How did you how did you know that conversion rate optimization is something that you want to focus on with your clients? Um, yeah, just tell us a little bit about your journey. All right, I promise to be brief. Otherwise, you know. <laughs> We might be here for a long time, but suffice to say, I came to New Zealand 10 years ago, originally from Argentina. Uh, I was working for this really large group um, in charge of all digital. And, and they tell me right away, they said, there's no budget. We need more leads. So go and manage. <laughs> so that was back in 2012. That's where I found about Unbounce and Oli, Oli Gagner and, and those, those kind of guys that were already inspired people to do better with the landing pages. I started to optimize uh, um, landing pages there, create new ones, create new funnels. And the results were like a, a hundred different of those, but a lot of conversions going up. So every year my boss will say, no, no, you're doing a good job. Just just keep refining the conversions. There's no need for new budget. And I'm like, oh, okay. And every, every year we were putting a bigger goal, same traffic, bigger goal. And that was the first push I had for, for CRO. I was doing CRO, but also Google Ads, Facebook, and SEO. And then I, I decided to say, no, I, I don't want to be just entangled with this group. It was an education group. So I moved to an, an agency, a big agency, which is a, it's a, an American one. And we were uh, more than 100 people on that floor. I was managing an SEO team. That was from 2016 and 2018. But I noticed that overall across the floor, we were losing a lot of clients. Like, more than uh, 150K thousand dollars in, um, in clients that were going away. And when I was asking what's going on, because SEO is, is doing fine, is the PPC failing? And they say, yes, we don't know exactly why nobody actually have seen the performance. So I volunteered to revise those accounts, found out that the experience on the ads was one thing, the website experience was a different, <laughs> as it's not news for anybody, <laughs> but this multiplied by 2,500 clients. And so I tried, tried to push to have a CRO service within the company to actually revamp those sites. But the, the answer at the end was, no, it's too complicated. It's too complicated. You know, from the agency perspective, touching websites from clients, it means dealing with a lot of issues, technical issues, a lot of time traps. And so they say, no, we cannot do this. But I felt that this is really needed. I mean, so many people underperforming. And so I decided to 
with, with two colleagues at the beginning to resign over there and actually open this uh, CRO agency at the beginning. But after a year of offering the service to agencies, I decided to take another turn and just be a consultant. Just being that person that is called whenever the, the, the performance is, is down, which is what normally is it, the way they have to call me. Let's call the conversion guy and, and try to fix it. And, and my job really is to, to see what, what's going on in the whole funnel from, from beginning to, to end. And, and by using CRO methodologies, find out where these uses are being dropped and why and what can we do about it. When, when did you decide to, to start your own business? So to go on your own, was there any triggers? That's a really good question because they, they gave me this agency, they gave me an example and say, we have this client, he's spending 100, 100K per month. Um, it's a, an Australian company, um, um, electrician emergency services. The campaign is having, having a 1% conversion rate, not enough to justify the budget. We need you to push it forward. If, if this CRO thing, magic, as you, you mentioned, is actually work, can you please make this work? And so I work quite a bit on that campaign. So we first push it to 3% conversion rate, then 6%, and then we reach it 12% conversion rate, which the client was all over the moon. And I was like, a, that's a lot of money saved, a lot of money made. Um, and of course, not all cases are, are as, as prominent, but that was a trigger to say, there's something on going on here. I mean, nobody's tapping into this. Like this client, there might be so many other people and tapping potential, even 6% conversion rate is, is huge when you have just one. And, and that was the, the initial trigger. The second one was um, to see businesses that were closing doors, specifically in Australia, because they were trying SEO, PPC, and, and nothing was working. And I could see the problem right there. And I feel this, that, 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 that sense of, I need to do something about it. Nobody told these people actually how to, how, how to improve their landing pages, how to understand their funnels, the buying faces, nothing. And, and that actually, the two things together were a trigger personally to say, let's go by our own and see what happens. I, we can always call it off and go back to agency life again, if needed. <laughs> Nice. So, um, yeah, it's really connected. Like all of the things are really connected, right? So from, from SEO to landing page design to, um, yeah, to where you're collecting your leads, um, and how like the, the CTA button stands out, like, everything is so connected. So, um, I'm assuming that even though you're doing conversion rate optimization, you're still having like a big overview of everything that the company is doing. Yes. Which lead us to the other part, the growth marketing or growth hacking side of things which is normally you go there to optimize something that is not working fine. And, and you have these constraints like CRO is more about what can you change in the shortest of time with a lesser amount of money, with a lesser amount of resources to produce a bigger impact you can. Like off you go, like, okay, I need to see which experiments I do when in the most crucial areas. But what, what are you revising which to optimize? You untap a lot of potential value, like, hey, I can see this traffic here would actually be better if it goes to this other, other, other place because it's, it's a cold traffic. We are asking too much for, out of them. It's not the right buying faces. We could devise 
a different part of the funnel and suddenly you're not in, into zero anymore. That's, that's the growth marketing, which is more of the long term, yeah. of more the nurturing and more the how can we get the right people to stay with us forever. <laughs> and so you start doing the CRO, but then suddenly when you work as a consultant, you have the liberty to say, shall we explore this opportunity while we are optimizing and doing experiments here? Shall we explore what can we do with this, this kind of audience? How can we actually ensure that we get them in the right way to profile them and then to activate them and then retain them? So you're talking about experiment, experiments here about revising the whole user journey and then uh, improving it bit by bit. Do you have any met methodology, any hierarchy? Mm. How do you approach when you, let's say you get a new client, what do you do first? I've been revising the CXL optimization um, framework, which is called uh, the PXL uh, methodology. I also I'm using a mix with the the it's called the, the ice and the pie. But basically, you, you have a, a hierarchy that you go through, you do an audit, and you say, first of all, can people actually see and access this landing page? Because we we normally tap into the design side of things, the content side of things. But I, I have cases where actually no, look, the major issue is that when you grab a phone all, all as this one, and we have 20% of users actually using this phone, the experience goes really bad. And so we are underperforming because we have accessibility issues, usability issues. So that's the, the base of everything. That's why around the house, I have different models of the phone because that's the best way to, to test them. I just go see the, the, the mobile resolution that is underperforming and just go and, and take notes and say, let's click everything, which is a job that is, is quite productive but actually nobody wants to do. <laughs> so from there, I just go to the next level, which is a mix of analytics, mouse recordings with heat maps and, and scrolling maps, user testing. And, and together with those, I, I just have a, a map. I just start to write down all the findings, but then based on analytics, based on, on volume of traffic, the potentiality of those to convert more, like how close to the to the uh, checkout, a page is failing, the closer to the checkout, the, 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 the bigger the chances for that page to leverage, to leverage the, the, a purchase. And then I take notes and I, I, I do something that's called a test, test bandwidth, which allows me to see how many tests we can run and, and the potential effect on those tests. Sounds complicated. It's not that complicated, but... If you can tell us more, how do you, about this effectiveness? So how do you define effectiveness? So you mentioned the closer to the checkout, it's one, it's mm. one thing. Yeah, it also depends on the business model. So for, for example, for SaaS, the look on, on the success is different from, from a, a, a lead, a, a typical lead generation from a service, because from SaaS, you are actually going for the lifetime value. And so the, the journey is actually longer, longer than the average one. And so you have KPAs in, in, in between. So I, I just put milestones and I see how many people actually get to have the, the trial or the demo, how many people uh, have been uh, turned into a lead, and then how many people actually end up being a, a, a formal, formal customer. And then I, I agree with the clients, which are the KPIs that, that, import, that, are the, that, that are the most important ones. Once we define that from the business point of view, and they might say, look, we really need to activate more people. So it's, it's just about the, the quality of them because we have a lot of signups, a lot of people coming, going to the trials, but from trial to actually purchasing the, the product is not, is not the same. So probably we don't have the right kind of quality going through. 
And, and so is the, the client that actually sets the, the, the biggest uh, KPI, the biggest nudges they have in, 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 the, in the business plan. And then you adapt all the CRO based on that. You have this conversation before you start doing the analysis and, and you, might, you, you go with two sides. You go with the, in, in view to say, this is what the client needs, but also in view to say, hey, there's an opportunity here. I don't know if you've seen it before, but probably we can actually untap these other areas. So it, it is really important to map out the KPIs. It could be as simple as we need more leads. That's it. <laughs> and many clients have they say we, we need more leads right now. Yes, we can do more things, but we have this landing page, these campaigns, more leads, please. Some other people are more into specifically, yeah, sales right now. But then I have some other clients that said, no, we, we are into the lifetime value. And we are measuring if this client stay more than six months. If they stay more than six months, that's a completion for us. That's that's when we are starting to talk about that something that worked. And so like, okay, the, the times are so different. In, in one kind of client, you can be doing things that it takes like a, a week, two weeks. And, and a different client is, is going to be like six months to really trial the whole sales cycle. Um, and that's the, 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 the funny part of it, right? The, the differences in what you have with businesses. And what are, what are some of like the biggest obstacles that you see your clients facing? What are some of the biggest challenges in regards to their CRO um, that you, you kind of notice with your clients? You want to know the, the real, real ones? I, um, <laughs> I can tell you the real, real ones are, are the, um, the decision-making. The decision-making process is normally flow. The, there's no idea of how to really run an optimization program and, and the optimization program is full of biases that kind of hinder the, the performance of what we do. Let me, let me put this in more of a day-to-day -day, uh, cases. I, I can tell you one case. So we have a client that said, what do we need to do? And we present all the plan and we launch the optimization. We launch the new landing page, but three days after launching it, the client said, oh, this is not working, cancel everything because we got 50 visits and there's no conversions. <laughs> For me, like, <laughs> what? We, don't even, we haven't even started in my, my view. But that's the thing, the, the, client, the client is nervous because he has a lot of pressure on top and hasn't gone through the process to say, he's gonna have some bumps before we get there. We need this minimum amount of traffic. So normally it's the decision-making process that is the one more impacted because when you talk about CRO and growth marketing, you, you tap into clients that have never, never done it before, never run ex experiments at all. They, they just, and been relying too much on agencies, so they never got to, to, to get the learning from it. And so for me, it's, it's, it's as important experiment as actually um, having an education piece for the client to understand everything that is, is part of that, or, or to focus on the design to say, um, I don't like it. But, but hey, it's converting more than ever. You're making more sales. Yeah, but a friend of mine said that it's not good looking, so I think we should change it. Can we change it? Like, do you prefer to risk it? Um, but that's very human. You know, that's very human that happens. And I, I can give you one anecdote um, that happened when I was at, at this big group. And we have this massive website, 13,000 pages, 27 websites inside one. And we just finished a new design, tested everything. We release it, and then one day my boss comes and say, "Hey, you know what? One of the board members want to change the homepage right away. Like we have 24 hours to change the homepage." 
like a why it's, 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 it's working fine it's doing everything that, that we just launched it uh, no no uh, we need to change it okay so we engage with a, an agency that overnight help us to design the new homepage. We spent like $12,000 in one homepage. <laughs> this, uh, this board member just went to a, a dinner with all the colleagues of the industry, and some of them grabbed the phone and say, hey, this is your website. Ha, this is a joke. Look at this. It doesn't look that nice. So he felt nervous and came back and said, we need to change everything because we are looking bad in the eyes of our competitors. And, and then that, that page really underperformed. And then three weeks after that, we reverted to the original one again. Um, and for me, it just, it just tells you that it's not just a process. The process can be quite logical, straightforward. The things you need to do, you have this optimization pyramid to say, we start here, we revise the air, depending on the findings, this is what we're going to do. But it's a, a strong human component behind that you need to address as well. How do you do it? How do you take, uh, let's say, take your client by the hand and walk him through what you are doing? explaining him in advance maybe or i don't know i'm just guessing uh, how do you coaching him so that they understand what you're doing that they give you your time do you have any tricks tips on this well first you need to earn the trust so first you need to demonstrate the, the value of what you're doing so you really start by having quick wins you go off the chart of the of the scope just to produce something that they don't expect and say, look, this is actually, if you fix this right now, we did all this size research. And if, if you fix this by tomorrow, you will have this extra value. So that's how I normally start, just to, to gain the trust. And once you do gain the trust, that's, that's where the, the real job starts, which is like weekly meetings. And you ask for them, you, you signed and said, every, every week we're going to meet, we're going to discuss it. And that's how you, you actually go through the process. In that hour you have every every day, like I have a client today like that, you use 40 minutes for your normal CRO stuff, but you leave you leave 20 minutes to discuss the process. You you tell him about success stories that actually can inspire them to do things differently from the funnel, and bits by bits. And sometimes it, it requires six months when they actually say, you know what? Now I understand what you mean. Probably we should be doing this instead of that. And like, yes, okay. Now we are starting, but it so takes you, time. You mentioned the quick wins. And before you also mentioned that you start looking at the technical issues. So I assume mm. that some of the quick wins are probably hide, hide, hidden in uh, like something doesn't work in some browser. Yeah. Uh, what other areas should we also look uh, when we are looking for a quick wins? For quick wins, I normally go for mobile and I go to the bottom of the funnel. So let's say you have a, an e-commerce, I would just grab the phone and I would just go through the checkout process and see how difficult it is from the phone. Or you have a, a, a lead generation kind of site and I would just go and try to fill in the, the fields. And I just had a, a situation last week, two weeks ago, where Android users were fine, but Apple users couldn't see the, the, the field's name. And for any reason, for technical reasons that were happening, uh, and I noticed that because you go to analytics and you do like a, from a technical point of view, as you said, you check from browser point of view, what are the differences in conversion, mobile, mobile devices by screen resolution, different in conversions. And you try to spoil and say, hey, this is, this is off. Because normally it, it goes from, I don't know, four to 6% conversion rate, but this phone has only 1% conversion rate. That's something iffy. <laughs> something is something's, uh, strange going on. The other thing you can, you can do is just 
click everything and, and probably you will find something technical that is not working. A link that is misplaced, a, a button that is, in, is not working, taking ages to load uh, or having issues. So the, the technical the technical areas are the, the fastest one to identify and the easiest to fix. So that's where normally the quick wins are. Yeah, I can imagine that most of your clients want just a quick fix. But then after, like, so they just fix this link. Uh, like, if you find that quick fix, then um, they're kind of happy with your performance and they're happy to then mm -hmm. expand the scope of work that they do with you. Um, yeah. First, you need to gain their trust with that, like, quick fix, no? Yeah. And, and the thing is, what happens when you don't have the quick fix? When the site doesn't have any of those. And so, um, what I do, what I turn into a quick fix is that, um, a quick win, let's say, they asked me to produce a, a wireframe on how would I do a new landing page. And instead of giving them the, the wireframe, I give them a live page, all, all finished. Like I go ahead and said, I know you asked me only for a wireframe or a mockup, but it's better to have the, 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 the feel on how the page is going to look at the very end. And it's already, already prepared for mobile. So just go and click on mobile and you will see it. And that kind of surprised him and say, wow, okay, this is what we, we could do. And you go and say, look, I understand if you want to change everything. I just went ahead, ahead of ourselves just to, to see the possibilities. But they normally say, no, no, leave this as it is. Let's go live. Can we go live right now? Yes, yes, it's already. I mean, you have landing page builders like Unbounce that allows you to hook with a subdomain and you can have that landing page up and running very fast. So, so the tactic here is to surprise your client by completely over delivering. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I think it's interesting because they don't know what CRO does. Normally, nobody does except colleagues of, of ours uh, or, or people from the agency. So clients are like, uh, what is that? I know I know SEO. What is CRO? This is a new stuff that comes up. Like, uh, you have this barrier, right? <laughs> and you are there only for conversions, but you really want to be there for the whole funnel. You really want to help them in the journey. And, and that's one really easy way. I mean, easy in the sense that there's normally their landing pages are quite bad. The state of landing pages to this day is quite bad, which I, I, I still don't understand why, because there's so many guides, but, but yet the landing page has a lot of major issues. And so by only fixing those and by my experience, I know that you can have a, a big lift in conversions. And so you can always, if you don't have a quick win from the technical aspect, you can grab this landing page side of things and say, look, uh, we fix all of these. The, you have no uh, trust indicators. Now you do. We have the reviews specifically placed and, and also your value proposition was quite bland. This is what you could do. And you bring all these elements and explains the rationale behind. And normally they are quite happy. Would you normally approach it like let's split test this new landing page or like let's A, A B test it? Or do you do your client just go like, oh no, that's perfect. Let's just go live with that. Well, normally I'm the one to to say, can I have access to GA? Because the moment I go to Google Analytics, 95% of them, they are not ready for an A-B testing. They don't have enough volume to a landing page. Or if they have a volume, they have enough volume to validate something in the, in the next four months. That's what I'm going to take to really validate a design fully, completely. And so normally what I do is just a, what I call a value session for free. So we get together. And by the time we get together, I just do something that's called heuristic analysis, which is from the theory point of view. And from my experience point of view, based on what I'm seeing on your site, these are the areas I'm noticing that are presenting opportunities. We never say quite flaw <laughs> or quite bad. Uh, we just said, 
these areas are presenting opportunities and that's for real. And then I said, you should be fixing this. This is something you can do. Take a look at this content and off you go. And, and 10 out of 10 times, because <laughs> it worked every time they got booked back and say, wait, wait, that seems like a lot of work. Can you help us with this little bit first? And, and that's how you start to, to end the trust and end the work. You go from really from the something very tiny and then you uncover more opportunities until you go and say, let's do a proper audit. Let's put everything on the up the table to see where you need to fix things. Instead of wasting time with this area, probably you have an area that is more pressing and presenting more opportunities for revenue. Let's, let's do that instead. And then you have different clients. So clients will say, yes, let's do it. I know I'm not ready. I'm still putting a lot of money on PPC. I don't have budget for that. It's similar to, to SEO. You have the, the client has like a little amount of budget. That's the reality. And and there's a lot of uh, silos competing for attention. You have the guys doing a paid social saying, we can fix everything with a Facebook ad. The guys doing, no, no, go for the, for the things you know that works. Google ads, that works. The, the, the other things are like a fluff. You have the SEO guys, which you can relate, Maya, and say, no, actually, guys, this is what actually is. You know, organic traffic is, is the one, that, one of the top converters. This is what you need. And, and your site has a lot of potential and you're not using it. And by the end of all, all that chat, I, I come along and say, hey, by the way, this also CRO. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we have uh, this budget. And so I, I need to earn really the value, delivering value to earn sufficient amount to say, yes, you can work on this project 30 hours per month, which is what you need to really untap, to re-explore um, what actually is working. Because when you do, the, the second part is like, we created a design, but we believe it's nice. We believe it's awesome. We show to our friends, look at this, and everyone say, wow, we congratulate each other. But the process doesn't end like that. <laughs> we need to then send surveys, use uh, tools like Usability Hub. If you haven't seen it before, usabilityhub.com that allows you to have different kind of tests for user testing. Like, for example, we put a website up for five seconds to random people, and then we put it down, and then we ask them, what do you remember? That's a really tricky game. Because if you do things right, they will remember what you were trying to position as a message. But the problem is that many times they're like, I, I think it's a driving school. And like, what? No? Oh, wait, we have the word drive, drive more sales or drive something. And, and, and a person that was over 60 years old didn't read the whole thing in five seconds, probably until they adjusted you know, the, the glasses to read it. They only kept the word drive and they got the idea that, oh, this is a, a site about driving. Mm -hmm. So that tells you how fragile the attention span is and the effort you need to make to be really clear on your messaging. So there's a, there's a lot to validate once we get to the design. So, but I, but I really enjoy the process and, and I, I enjoy sitting with clients and say, let's put a, a, a hot jar and see what people are doing. And then we go and say, you see what they are doing? Yeah, that's not what we wanted them to do, right? Yeah, we need to find out why. So, Jim, and, and they're like, why are they doing that? You know, the client is thinking. And, and that exercise you, you, you put the client to is really important for them because that's when they get to see, oh, I, I would never expect people to get confused on that photo. Uh, maybe the photo is too attractive. Can we put something else that doesn't take people away from what we want to say? Yes. Um, so it's, it's quite enjoyable. I, I wouldn't change CRO for anything. I would add things on top, 
But as a practice, as you mentioned, it, it really you sit in, in the middle of, of all what is going on. So you get to sit next to the guys doing Facebook ads and discussing with them how the funnel is, with the PPC, SEO. And so once, once you get to that place, well, it, it, it's a great experience as a practitioner because then you can go to neuromarketing and say, can we do something to guide them to click here and not here? And, and you do something like uh, price anchoring, which are techniques to, to actually play with this perception of value of, of items or, or, or things on your page. And you also go to the design side of things, like is this design conveying the, the values of the brand? Would people think that, yes, I'm landed where I need to be, or actually we need to do something different? So it takes you to many different, different uh, roads. And Jim, you, you mentioned a few tools like Google Analytics, Hotjar, uh, something for user testing. Um, can you maybe give us some more tips on which, which, which are your favorite tools and, and, and why we should use them? Absolutely. So the number one tool, Google Analytics, well set up. That's where everything starts. And, and emphasis on, on, on a setup done properly to map up the funnel inside, to create custom reports, to really see step-by-step step how people are, are dropping into the funnel. You can customize that. The, the other tool is Unbounce, because I've been using Unbounce since 2013. And I can tell you, I, I couldn't find any better landing page um, optimization tool in the sense that allows you to really optimize the mobile experience, really play with uh, custom domains, uh, many, many, many times clients said, I want to ask my developer to do this on our site. Let's use your version. Can we use your version? Let's go with your version. So it, it allows us to go to that level. Uh, usability Hub is, is one of the um, few user testing platforms that actually is not that, that expensive to use and quite valuable. It has uh, around six to seven types of tests. Like preference test where you put two versions and you're asking people what to choose from, the five second ones, this, this, this many of them. Then um, I, I still use uh, Hotjar, but you know, you can use Clarity, you can use uh, a Crazy Egg, really. you can use, there's so many of them. As long as you have the ability to filter, and that's an advice I want to give. Many people have Hotjar installed and I ask them, so have you, have you checked on your recordings? Oh, yeah, yeah, we've, we didn't find anything. The thing is, they have so many recordings there that ideally you need to go to a Google Analytics first, find something that is going on in one specific page, and then you go to Hotjar and say, show me people that have been in this page with this screen resolution from this country, for example. So you narrow down the search. So then you can start, start to... Um, focus on, on the patterns you want to see. I used to use um, cross-browser uh, cross testing to test different uh, browsers and different different mobile resolutions and the, and the potential errors they have. But a, a master of CRO called Craig Sullivan, a, a really a, one of the founders of CRO uh, who is in UK, once told me, no, Jim, you, you really need to grab an old phone and go to a cafe. If you really want to test a site, you need to be in the real condition with a real phone. This this software will never replicate experience. The pain you have when you click something and it's not working. <laughs> so that's that's my my other suggestion of a really good tool. An old phone, always close to you. <laughs> uh, and then we have all sort of a uh, tool just for editing images, editing videos, the, the typical ones, and and a lot of spreadsheets. Like 
gazillion million spreadsheets, which maybe we shouldn't have, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like um, every developer always has like the latest device, right? So that's how you're checking, right? You're checking with the latest iPhone and obviously everything works smoothly and fast, but um, yeah. yeah, that's a really good tip. Going to a cafe using an old device connected to their Wi-Fi and seeing how the website works. Because that's yeah. an experience for maybe 30% of your customers. Yeah. and. Once we have a chance, a, a year and a half ago, a big supermarket, a supermarket chain here in New Zealand said, uh, can you please spend some hours and see if you can find something? And, and we found out that there was an issue on the checkout with, with all their phones. And, and the potential increase was $5 million. <laughs> um, because they have a massive amount of traffic from all phones that, that has been completely neglected. Neglected. So we took a screenshot, we, we recorded this session and say, the checkout button disappears on these phones. <laughs> you know, it's quite pressing. Uh, and they were like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, we fixed that. <laughs> um, but even even in big companies that the the old mobile phones, it kind of it falls down the cracks. Um, so that's quite handy to, to, to use and take in consideration, even though it's not a fancy a fancy uh, solution. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe one one more thing. So at the, um, the beginning, you were talking about the test bandwidth and the ability of doing tests. Because now during the show, you mentioned um, a lot of real use cases, and uh, of course you, you choose the one with a big success, like five percent increase or something. But in reality, at least in my experience, you do something and it's a half percent better, and then you do something else. And it's a little bit better there and there and there. And after yeah. a few months, you get two or three percent uh, percentage of improvement. Uh, and uh, maybe maybe give us more insights about this. So how to prepare your team to do the tests? How to improve um, yourself or, or your company to be able to do more tests to generate more experience? So what are the processes here? What kind of people do you need? Um, and things like this. It really depends on the scale of the business, how many people you will need or the complexity of what you're doing. But, but in most cases, the first thing you do is, is making a, a traffic volume and transaction assessment. So it's not just people go and say, oh, I have 1,000 visits to the site, so I can go and do A-B testing. But it's not just the visits, it's also the, the conversions. To really validate a site, you need 1,000 conversions in, in, in one of the, of the versions, based on A or B, 1,000. Like for more businesses, like that's a lot to ask. So you might go for 200 conversions and have less certainty or actually do an AA test. Just instead of AB to compare two versions, you just focus on, on actually what you just mentioned, which is guys, the maximum conversion rates we got with the same, with the same conditions. And that's important. You have always two components. You have the traffic acquisition and you have the, the website changes. If you are doing testing on the website, the traffic acquisition needs to be steady as you can have. Because if you are testing new stuff, changing the click-through rate, get, getting a different audience, your conversion rate is going to be like crazy. And that's a difficult part to understand that you need, there are two moving parts. If you have a, something external like COVID, you have three moving parts. And, and you first you want to reduce the moving parts and say, do we have something steady enough to know, to forecast? That if we continue this way, we're going to get the same conversion rate this next month, which is going to be 1.5%. Okay, cool. Now let's work to revamp this version, push it for another month, and just try to get between 2 to 2.5% 2 as a minimum. 
that's a, the, the little incremental you're talking is when it comes to landing pages or even as, as a website, it's just that minor increase. There might be cases when you unlock and you have a lot of uh, the performance that actually you were losing, but in most cases, it's about to gain that little bit. And to get it in a way you can recognize it. That's the second part that is also important. Because many times I go and I claim, hey, the conversion rate has been going up and we're doing this and that. And they say, well, that's because we just refined the traffic or just be because our marketing efforts uh, just change the whole landscape. And you're like, yeah, but those marketing efforts that take time to actually be reflecting on, on digital, digital is more immediate. So there's a lot of discussion and you don't want to be arguing with, with your teams who, who gets the credit or actually who gets the, uh, the blame. You really need to, to say, okay, guys, these are the conditions. And if the conditions change, we're going to postpone the test, check the next month. Because as you know, I, I was working for a, a car rental company and suddenly COVID uh, happened <laughs> and everything went out of the window. Yeah. Or, or, the, or the changes in iOS, iOS uh, 14 from Facebook. And suddenly we cannot attribute value to Facebook. So the, the conversion rates might be going uh, low. So if we have something steady, then you can go and say, let's, this is the benchmark is 1%, 1, 1. 1.5 conversion rate. Can we push it further? And because of the volume normally is low, instead of just doing one test on the value proposition, you, you change as much as you can from that landing page. You go and study people's reviews, you do user testing, and you do as, as many changes you can to really match what the buyer faces, uh, buyer, uh, faces are. You're thinking, we have two traffics here from PPC, from Google Ads, and from Facebook Ads. Can we separate them? They are two different ones. One thing are impressions, and one thing are actually people proactively looking for this. Uh, so once you, you single out and say, okay, Facebook traffic is converting at 1%. Now we're going to do all the changes on this landing page. And then in a month time where we get at least 200 conversions, at least, then we're going to start to see, yes, the trend is that we actually have a winner page. Let's leave it. It's not a thousand, but if you wait for a thousand, it's going to be too late. I mean, <laughs> you're not going to be testing anything. Um, so you just go with, with something that is solid enough to give you a trend to say, yes, we, we are doing something fine. And then you continue with the next piece of the funnel. Yeah. So, okay. So if I hear you correctly, so if you want to build a grow team or conversion rate optimization team, so you need to have traffic on the website. So you need to work on traffic, but then you also need a guy who is good with statistics. So with numbers so that he can pull, um, uh, things together from Google Analytics, mm -hmm. from CRM, uh, from platforms like Facebook or, or and other platforms, and then yeah. probably and then at least a designer or a way you need a way to quickly set up a new landing pages so that so the I would like to to you know to show that the speed is really important. So mm -hmm. when you have team ready, uh, you have to measure how long do you need from the idea to the hypothesis, mm -hmm. to the experiment, and then to the yes. conclusion. And then you can then first, for example, you do this one circle per month, so one experiment, but then your end goal probably is to do like five, 10, or however, a uh, huge number mm -hmm. of experiments on weekly or daily, even daily basis. So the biggest players, they're doing experiments on daily basis. But if you are a small company, probably like five tests, one test per week, or five tests per month should be your goal probably. 
That's absolutely correct. And it will depend on the size of the company. If the company is really small, uh, small and if you have a, a startup, someone from a startup um, that, that says, I, I don't have all these people to help me, but the size is small, you can do pretty much that by yourself. The, even the, the design, you can try to just match landing page optimization and do things by yourself. When it's really complicated, you really need a, a developer next to you too, because you might have variants and stuff uh, that might, might change the URLs. You might need to capture those URLs correctly. And that's when it gets complex, just to just to measure and tracking those changes you're doing. And of course, yes, you want to do a, a, as many important experiments as you can uh, per month, because the number of experiments the more you do, the more close you have a success you have. Nothing is granted. And, and five good tests, of course, have more, more chances to, to get you what one actually done. So also the, the flexibility of the company to say, what do you need? A copywriter? Well, the copywriter is not going to take three weeks to come back with a value proposition. Uh, the designer cannot take three weeks to come back with a minor change that is matching on the brand guidelines. The, the challenge is to have everyone in synchrony to say that this is a process and this is the, the escalation process if you have if someone says i don't like the copywriting what happens there you need to be ahead of that and say if if something happened with the copywriting this person is going to jump within the two hours to to actually make it happen otherwise the whole project gets gets delayed and and that's when when you have bigger companies and and you need one person dedicated to actually Tie that up. That person could be the, the, the CRO consultant. That his his her only job is actually to talk with each of the stakeholders and and, and set the mission for each of them, like the, like an orchestra, or, or someone in house to say, uh, I'm I'm the head of performance. I, I, we need this to happen. We need this to to be validated. There are companies, um, specifically on the on the tourism industry, that they they do a, a massive amount of experiments. Um, per week, they already have the soul oiled. The team is all prepared that they, they know on the spot what to do. And normally they don't go for something fancy, fancy. They just go for the minimum viable changes they need to do and they just go. And some some companies have developed as a way to, to, to be able to do this, uh, like a separated part for campaigns that are not subject to the rules of um, bright guidelines of the whole site. So they, they try to escape that, that corporate set of things by having a site that is like a subset of the, of the main brand where they have more liberty to actually do the experiments. And then when the experiments actually end up um, being a, a success, then they take the learnings and the designs onto the main site. But by doing that, they, can, they, they are more agile on their, on their approach. Great. Um, thank you for this. Um, so we're trying to um, finish up, but um, I have like one final question. So um, we, we did... Recently, there was the iOS 14 update um, that it is obviously changing the way that events are being tracked. Um, mm -hmm. What are some of the future trends of CRO that you're noticing um, that you think people should be on the lookout for? So yes, with the, with the Facebook changes and iOS, everyone is like crazy because we are losing a part of the user journey and we need to find a way to map out. You will see that people get very creative. We probably will find a way very soon just to not lose any, anything, perhaps even gaining more. <laughs> um, but for CRO, right now, the community is trying to define themselves. People are starting to realize 
that we are not just there for doing conversion rates going up. We are, we are uh, just to get long-term clients into companies. The value of long-term clients is what is, is taking precedence. That's why growth marketing is also something that's been taught, like an evolution from CRO, because it, it uses the methodology of CRO and actually aims for this, this long-term plan. So the community is, is, is talking and say, we are more than, than just one landing page. Let's talk about the funnels. Let's talk about the minimal, the, the meaningful positioning we can do. And so I think the, um, you might have two, two, two types. The, the ones that are CRO evolving into growth marketing. So it's like a mix and growth marketing being part CRO and part the hacking that used to happen before. And some other guys that are, will be, no, no, CRO is, is the A-B testing I will do with the specific traffic I have because my company is, is huge. I'm not gonna be touching positioning of that. I still do, do a lot of experimentation here. So I will remain with the normal parameters on how to run tests. And so it's like kind of the split on the community. And I think at the, at, at the end end, probably growth marketing is gonna be taking more the space over CRO. That's what, I, what I'm seeing at the moment. Yeah, it seems more wholesome. Right. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Um, Francie, do you have any further questions? <laughs> um, no, I, I would like to, to, to thanks Jim for joining us here today. I think you're really knowledgeable and I hope uh, others learn as much as I did during this session. Oh, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, sorry, Jim, you mentioned that um, you have some freebies for, for our listeners. That's right. That's right. And I, I put a, a link here together. Um, it's a really comprehensive list of things you can do to improve any landing page. Uh, which I, I is, is based on a lot of research and also my own my own experience is my guide to make an assessment of a landing page. Uh, it has many items on it, so I uh, hopefully this is going to be of value um, for people. So I'm um, happy to to send this via. I don't you can, know. You can, you can share it here uh, on via the Facebook Live uh, on the comments, and then we will also publish this podcast uh, uh, on our website. Uh, so we will add, people will be able to download it from, from our website. Great. Yes, I just, I just posted it. Perfect. Thank Excellent. you. That's great. Thank you, guys. Until thank next you. one. And thank you, everyone, for watching. And we'll see you on the next good show.